All right, Cody Simpson, welcome back to the podcast, mate. How are you? Hey, thanks. Good. How are you, mate? Good. I say I say welcome back because we we've recorded a podcast uh, about a week ago, and uh, we were planning on putting that out to the world, sharing your story, and uh, getting people to understand kind of why you, you're going through what you're doing, and and then quite unexpectedly, uh, a swim meet came up and. We entered it last minute down in San Diego and we, we created a little bit of magic on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's quite quite a last minute unexpected thing. I think we, two days ago we, we recorded our first podcast, the, the rest of which I'm sure you'll, you'll edit in here after this one. But uh, then, you know, then not long after that, we were got a call about this meet and drove down to San Diego and did something we didn't expect to do, which is... Uh, which is epic and crazy. It is. It's been a crazy weekend. I mean, we, we kind of just uh, jumped in this USA swimming sanctioned meet long course. First time you'd swum long course in, I think about 10 years for you. And yeah. first time you'd swum a uh, hundred butterfly in 10 years. And, you know, you jump up on the blocks and boom, create a little bit of magic there. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, like, like I was telling you, like before, we went down there. I was like, man, I haven't even trained long course, let alone raced it since I was 13. <laughs> um, you know, and, and entering into the hundred fly. I don't think we've gone off the blocks and done the hundred fly long course, uh, you know, in training ever really. And we, you know, and uh, um, certainly hadn't done one, done one long course since I was, yeah, probably 13. So a good 10 years and, uh, you know, fluked a nice 54. So, um, you know, which, which, uh, qualifies us for Aussie Olympic trials, which is I'm stoked on. Yeah. I was actually standing on the pool deck and you were swimming the 200 freestyle was your first event. We'd actually gone down there to swim a 200 free and the yeah, hundred yeah. butterfly was actually a kind of an add on. And I was, uh, I was watching you swim the 200 free and I, and I text your mom. I was like, what's the Olympic trial, Australian Olympic trial cut for the 200 free and the hundred fly. I just put that in there just as a, yeah. and she sent me back the, the answer and i was like okay well we're not far off the 200 free we're pretty close and then i looked at the 100 fly and it was before you'd swum it and i was like we we can get this we, he, he can get this and i i'd never seen you swim 100 fly long course so it was kind of just yeah. my my gut intuition of just seeing you in practice seeing you train and and i knew we could yeah. get it and i remember telling you hey i'm not going to tell you what the qualifying time is but you can get this and you're like yeah yeah don't don't tell me i, I just want yeah, to swim yeah. Exactly, because the hundred fly was the event I initially came to and said I really want to swim the hundred fly. And yeah. um, you know, your response was, "Yeah, but we're going to train the two hundreds, and we want to be good at those first and all that." And and so, and you entering me into the hundred fly on the weekend got me all excited. And you know, like you, I had no absolutely no expectation or even an idea of what time I I could go. You know, like I. I have no idea because we haven't, we haven't done it. We haven't raced it at all. I mean, we've done some fly and training and flies probably my, my strongest and most favorite stroke, but still, still we had no clue. And then I remember warming down after the two free and you said, I'm not going to tell you what time, but if you really have a crack at this, you'll, you know, you'll probably come under trial cut. And so I didn't ask you, I didn't, I didn't tell you to tell me, but you know, I just kind of went and had it, had a go and, and we won, we won it too, which is cool. So yeah, that's right. You won, you won your heat. And I was kind of, I was kind of whispering to people on the deck, like, Hey, this is the time Cody's got to get and kind of, so people around the deck were kind of excited to watch you too. And then at the 50, I mean, you were crushing it and I knew you were going to get it. Cause you've got, you've got back end speed. You've got those, those legs that everybody's been impressed uh, in, in, with <laughs> seeing now that <laughs> you're on the internet, uh, these famous legs. Talking about my quads. <laughs> <laughs> These famous quads. You got quads like a cyclist. But it's funny because this whole thing, you know, from, from the day we started, you and I have been talking about having no perceived limits. And I think that that was where we always felt like we had an advantage over people that have been swimming for 10 years ahead of you is that everybody's bringing this baggage into their next race. And for us, it was like, every every race is a first time for us every every experience is a first time so i yeah. i didn't know like you were telling me hey i want to get here i want to do that and i said i don't know if that's too high of a limit or if it's too low of a limit you know because yeah, right. for us that we we didn't really have any perceived limits 
Right. And we, and we still don't, you know, it's like we, we came into it thinking that way and we still think that way. And, and every time we go into something, you know, we're not, we're not coming in with the like, Oh, this is my, this is my PB. You know, these are the, this is the time I've kind of been going pretty consistently over the last couple of years competing. So it's probably what I'll go today. You know what I mean? As long as I do do my race right and all that stuff, we don't really have any of that stuff, which kind of delivers us and relieves us of any of that, any of that, those conceptions and those, and those preconceived notions we have going into even, even going into training and going and a training set or something, most of the sets and things we've been doing in training, we're doing for the first time too. So I just kind of go in like super, super fresh, not knowing what the hell to expect. And that kind of does give me the freedom to be able to just swim without expectation. Man, I don't think people in America fully understand unless they've been to australia they don't understand what swimming is in australia swimming is like a national sport swimming is that's where that's where the 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 biggest names in in any sport are in in swimming you know ian thorpe is a global superstar it's like baseball or you know football you know it's 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 a swimmers swimmers are, are as well known as any any other major major sport there or anywhere in the world in australia so for a for a guy who's already famous in australia to to go and do something like this it's kind of hit it's hit big down in australia it's been crazy the last 24 hours man um the response we've been getting it's it's wild especially like being australian having having you know the swim community having kind of known that i was good young but probably not expecting me to you know, ever swim again or come back to the sport. Um, you know, I'm sure it came as a shock and surprise to people. And I, I know mates I grew up with that are still competing at a really high level now have all been super, super um, positive. And, and, and the response and the reaction has just been really overwhelming too. I, I didn't expect it. I knew that something like this might happen eventually once we're swimming well, but I don't think we expected to be swimming where how you know the way we're swimming just just yet so it was kind of hit us like a truck yeah but it's it's crazy man it's pretty wild like to to have no long course training to be swimming for five months in a basically a country club pool with no starting blocks no flags to to swim backstroke in barely a lane line my third my third time doing a dive in in (laughs) 10 years i think it was my third i think it might be my fourth actual dive Actually, maybe fifth because we did one in warm up. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. look, uh, you know, look, fifty-six eight was the cut for the Olympic trials uh, to to compete at the Olympic trials. Yeah. You went fifty-four nine. For for most swimmers would would recognize that that's a really good swim. It's not it's not going to put you on the Olympic team by any means, yeah. and we don't think that. But it puts you in a conversation of hey, this guy can actually swim, like really swim. Right, right, right. Yeah, and you know, I know it's not the most exceptional time ever, you know, and it, you know, probably puts me, you know, top twenty-five guys in Australia this year. But you know, to have come back and and done that after ten years out with only kind of five months of this, you know, n- not the most consistent, you know, pool training. Yeah, you know, we haven't even had the chance to train in a real pool yet. You know, it's, it's, um, it's and to do it on your first attempt, like you just got up on the blocks and knocked it out on your first attempt. That is ridiculous. I hadn't done, like, I mean, you know, this, I don't have to, I don't have to tell you, but I hadn't done a hundred fly. I hadn't got, I hadn't pushed, I haven't even pushed, I didn't even push one yet. (laughs) No, (laughs) let alone that one. So, so, so yeah. yeah, it's exciting. I mean, we, you know, to be in a conversation at the Olympic uh, trials final, to be in the final, to be in a conversation, you have to be 52 something, right? Yeah. So we, ha- we have a couple of seconds to drop. And then to be in the conversation of possibly being on the Olympic team, you have to be, you know, 51 seconds probably. So we have about three seconds to drop. Yeah. But if anyone, if you understand swimming, it's not out of the realm of possibility to drop three seconds in a season. Now I'm not saying you will, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen because there's there's a lot of things that need to happen. You know, we we need to yeah, make fast but, improvements, but it at least puts you in the conversation, right? Yeah, there's a lot of variables, and there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of um, things that would have to happen for things to go that way. But you know, it's 
it's nice to feel like something like that is in is in the realm of possibility now like even before before this weekend i probably wasn't thinking that way and you know that was a kind of a down the track you know longer term goal time but but to um to have come you know close off of not much training and and not much experience it's it's exciting to see where things you know could possibly go um and like you said before, it's kind of one of those things. It's like no perceived limitations. So, Mate, do you think it's, uh, Swimming Australia is ready to have a rock star come in and take over? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll to see. I better be I mean, ready. I want, to, I want to go back and, and, and be able to kind of, if I can, you know, kind of slip into the mix and, and just be a swimmer back home. But I know sometimes that's not necessarily the case, you know. So, yeah. See how- yeah. yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to slide in inconspicuously, that's for sure. Mate, we did have a great first podcast. There's a lot in there. I want people to, to keep listening and, and tune in, but I just wanted to put that out there in terms of what we did this weekend. Super proud of you, man. I couldn't be any more prouder of you in terms of the work you put in and, and what you deserve. And we've got a lot more coming our way. And, and, you, and the message to everybody is we're putting the work in and and we're coming we're coming with everything we got yeah yeah i mean like like i told you when we first started working i was like you know i want to be great in four years i want to be i want to be great down the line but you know it's it's pretty crazy to to feel like that you know the scope of improvement is a lot more rapid than we expected yeah good stuff mate well uh they can i'm gonna join the podcast together they're gonna jump onto the first one (laughs) so two now pretty much Exactly. All right, mate. Appreciate it. Take care, eh? Yeah. See you tomorrow. Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. Go to swimpractice.com to check it out. Cody Simpson, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Thanks for that intro. <laughs> Little Christmas song out, hey? Good time for it, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. How'd that come about? Um, I think, oh, maybe once every year or two since I was 16 or so, I've been putting out a Christmas tune each year, so that was this year's one. Um, I think I've done three so far. Um, I love, I love Christmas music. I love like... I love crooners, you know, I like classic singers, jazz singers and stuff. So I wanted to do my own little rendition of that one. That's like an old uh, uh, Frank Sinatra song. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Love it, mate. Love it. Just in time for Christmas. Where can people find it? Spotify, iTunes, all the places you stream music. <laughs> yeah. Mate, you're a famous musician and uh, you had a little turn recently in in your career in terms of what you wanted to do uh tell us about it man what's going on yeah um well obviously it's funny because you and i got hooked up i guess probably about six months ago now a little more a little longer ago and uh initially you know you you having known that that swimming was a part of my life since i was young you know asked me to, to to be on your podcast and i said well nah but I'm looking for a coach <laughs> and um, you know, for people that don't know, that's how, that's how you and I initially got hooked up. And um, it, it had been, it had been about, I stopped, I stopped swimming. I grew up swimming competitively. Both my parents were swam for Australia at one point or another, um, both breaststrokers. And so I grew up swimming before I could walk really. Um, and uh it was the sport was always like a part of my life growing up and I started competing around like eight or nine years old, competed through about th- age 13. Um, and then stopped when I came over to the States cause I'd, um, decided to, or, or I was pursuing music as a hobby and I was putting songs I'd wrote that I'd written up online and videos of me performing at school talent shows and things up online and they'd started to accumulate 
you know, mass amounts of views, which initially or eventually caught the attention of uh, record labels and music producers in the States. And, you know, came over, came over here expecting it to be, you know, expecting or not expecting whatever it was that was about to occur. You know, my parents thinking maybe it'd be, you know, a little fun ride for a couple of years and then we'd come home and, you know, it didn't really turn out that way. Things kind of took off. And um, when I first came to the States, I was, I was still looking for places to swim and train, thinking I could maybe do it all at once. Um, and it became quickly evident that that wouldn't, wouldn't be the case. And so for the next 10 years, I'm, I'm 23 turning 24 now next month. Um, tried to, you know, swimming never left my mind and tried to, you know, find water here and there where I could, but, you know, that being difficult, I was just kind of eager, always planning on when I could get back in the water. And, um, a few years before 2020, like I, I, I decided that would be the year that I'd get back in and, um, and here we are now. So, you know, I've decided to, uh, get back in and see, see what I can do with it. Yeah, mate, from, for the people that may not know this, it's been kind of kept a little bit of a secret, uh, in, yeah. in terms of kind of what we've been doing, but you and I have pretty much spent every day together for the past five months. Um, yeah. some, sometimes twice a day, yeah. uh, just, just working out, just getting back into, uh, what it seems to be like to be an athlete, you know, like you're, you're, have been a musician at the highest level for, you know, the past 10 years of your life. And, you yeah. know, for, it's an amazing life story, really, for what you've done up until the age of 23. You've had an incredible life. And I kind of want to go into some of those stories a little bit, but yeah. um, you've done so much. But then, you know, I, I didn't really know you professionally in terms of your life story. I just, when we met, it was more of like, hey, can you coach me? And so I, I took you on as, a, as, a, as an athlete, as a prospective athlete. And yeah. Um, and that's kind of the way I've treated you the last five months is like, look, if you want to do this, there's certain things that athletes have to do. It's not, you, you can't put one foot in and have one foot out is it's either you do it a certain way or you don't do it at all. And, and that was kind of my proposition to you early on is like, yeah. why did you even want to do this in the first place? Why would you want to pick up a swimming career 10 years, you know, after the last time you'd swum you know, competitively, and, and you've had this incredible swimming career. Why was it kind of something that you felt like you really wanted to do, um, you know, back in, back in May? That's a great question. And, and I know that was one of the uh, initial things you asked me when we started texting yeah. and talking. Um, and I, you know, like you said, I, I certainly haven't, uh, I certainly haven't been given any, any special or preferential treatment <laughs> since you got here, you know, with, <laughs> with the training, you know, I haven't, you haven't let me cut any corners yet. And, and that's, you know, part of the reason why I love what we're doing. Um, but the why to my reason to pursue the sport was that the, the fire and the, um, the drive to, to want to see where I could take or, or it was almost like a, um, I wanting to, to see how far I could push myself and see if, if in this sport I could find limits that I didn't find when I was young yeah. um, and, and reach, you know, reach certain goals and um, achieve certain things that I, that I didn't have the time to do when I was young, but that I certainly felt and other people felt I had the potential for. Um, so I, I felt like I, you know, cut a, cut a journey short and, uh, wanted to want wanting to pick back up again on that journey and see where I could take it. And, um, you know, it was, it was more of a, more of a personal exploration thing than anything. Um, and knowing that, you know, as a musician, it's one of those, it's one of those professions and skill sets that you can take with you and do at a high level for, the majority of your life, you know, obviously, you, you know, things change and your voice changes and whatever, but you can, you can quite typically play music at a high level to your 80, you know, and people yeah. do. 
and and obviously in sport and in elite sport that window is much smaller um you know at which you can excel at a high level um and so knowing that i wanted to do it you know and have a crack at it before it was too late and not live with any what ifs or regrets after the fact having not tried to pursue something that i love so much and it was my first first love and and still is you know my first you know probably equal love to music yeah is what it's winning so well i know when when you're famous in anything kind of doors open and, and you meet other highly successful people and i know that at the start of this journey you've um, had the you had the chance to kind of reach out to some really uh famous kind of high level uh swimmers uh you know just kind of yeah. bouncing off um you know kind of your, your thought process in terms of like you know do you do you even think this is possible get Tell us a couple of people that you reached out to and, and how did those conversations go? Yeah, sure. Um, I had the chance to talk to Michael Phelps, the greatest you know swimmer in mine and most other people's eyes ever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Statistically as well, you know, it's, it's no doubt, no doubt. You know, it's inarguable. Um, and uh, he, you know, he, he'd been aware that I, that I had swam in the past and was a swimmer in the past. And, you know, he, he knows my dad who swam and, um, and I first started talking to him when I was considering getting back in the pool, probably, probably last year. And I just, you know, I had a simple question of like, Hey, if I, if I did this, how long do you think it would take for me to, how many, how many dedicated years of training do you think it would take for me to reach, you know, um, or reach my fullest potential? And he said four years. Um, and so that's when I started kind of, you know, calculating in my head, what years those four years would be for mm-hmm. me um, and how I would, how I would execute them. Um, but his and mine, his and my relationship just grew kind of as I started training and, um, you know, we started kind of communicating back and forth and him just kind of checking in on how I was doing and me having obviously certain questions and, um, not concerns, but, you know, wanting certain, uh, uh, advice here and there. Yeah. And, uh, so that, you know, that relationship, I'm very lucky, just kind of developed, developed over time. And, um, you know, he's kind of turned into somewhat of a, of a mentor, which is, you know, beyond, you know, anything I could have dreamed of as a kid. Cause growing up, you know, I had, he was like my computer screensaver, you know, like yeah. I'm doing butterfly like this in Beijing. Like I was, I was 11, I think at when the Beijing Olympics were happening. And that was like my first year of, I was at, you know, national my national first national championships and stuff like that and so he was just and he is you know that figure to me in the sport so it was pretty awesome that i can kind of just text with him yeah 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 and then another legend uh, ian thorpe you've had a chance you i mean you've known him for a little while but you've also had a chance to kind of utilize him as a mentor in this past five months as well right yeah yeah absolutely him him obviously being you know in australian swimming you know the the guy um and and uh growing up idolizing him immensely too um having the chance to chat with him has just been has been unreal and you know everything from you know just personal to to swimming uh advice you know in terms of how he handled the the public aspect of the sport so so well Mm-hmm. And so nobly and, and that's something that that uh phelps talked about too in his book that i read no limits was you know he studied in um from the 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 public aspect and the 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 press side of it too and how like nobly and how how professionally ian always handled that stuff was something that phelps had said like bob bowman his coach had had uh encouraged him to study you know as well and just like taking all that stuff in stride and you know I'm, I'm aware that in the position I'm in kind of coming from you know success in a different realm to moving into you know a very different space you know a very different kind of um 
profession, you know, athletics and, and swimming, or sorry, um, athletics and, and creative fields like music have similarities, but they're also extremely different in their lifestyles and all that. Um, you know, I understand there's going to be a lot of judgment. There's going to be a lot of interest as well occasionally. And so just like learning how to kind of deal with that and take it on the stride and learn how to, learning how to perform under that kind of pressure to yeah. the big yeah. thing. Yeah, I've been lucky to spend some time, obviously, many years with with very famous athletes. Um, spent a lot of time with Ian Thorpe and traveled the world with him and, you know, Grant Hackett and Michael Klim, these guys who are very, very famous in Australian terms and and swimming world, worldwide. But And just seeing how fame, you know, the the, the highs and lows of it and the, the, the benefits and costs of it. Um, what is what has fame been to you? How how has it been? How how does it how's it treated you? Um, it's a good question. I I guess I had my first experience with it or brush with it quite young. You know, getting signed to a record label at the age of, of fourteen is not something that happens to everybody. And, you know, at that age I I didn't really think twice about anything that was happening I just kind of did it and didn't have any second thoughts and everything I did was at that age it's like you just you kind of roll through life like a roller coaster and you know just going from one turn to the next and not really looking back you know or forward really for that matter you're just kind of like letting things happen to you and that's that's the kind of state I was in at least for those first few years of my career it was like I don't know why this is happening, but I, I'm going to take it all on in stride the best I can. And um, the, the fame thing happened quite, quite rapidly um, and starting to make, you know, friends and acquaintances with, with other successful or famous people and seeing how, how some of them dealt with it quite well and some of them let it um, get to them or affect them negatively or change them as, as humans and, um, I had the chance to kind of see how it affects people and on both ends of the spectrum, either positively or negatively. And so having had a really good family um, around me, I, I tried to take it as a positive experience and as a way to, to um, you know, not, not let myself kind of get carried away. You know, and I've tried to check in with myself every few months being like, am I, you know, acting like a tool, am I, you know, <laughs> letting it get to my head, um, you know, and seeing that happen to other people is, you know, it's unfortunate to, to see. So I just tried to do my best to um, stay on the right track. Yeah. And not ever feel like I like have like made it or like got anywhere, any place, you know, I think like once you feel like you've made it, there's a certain level of, of contentment that, um, that burns out all potential motivation for future mm. um achievement you know what i mean like i think probably if i'd felt so extremely content or that i'd made it in music I'm, i may not have wanted to even pursue swimming because i would have been like you know fuck that i'm the man i don't i don't need to do anything else you know yeah, yeah. whereas i don't i don't feel that way i always feel like there's there's a there's a next thing you know yeah Gee. You did have some moments during your teenage years that were tough, like in, like any teenager, right? Where you were probably making some choices where you look back and you're like, oh man, I, I probably wasted a bit of time there or whatever it is. Now, now yeah. I'll say, knowing you now, I mean, you're an extremely hard worker and you've done, and when you put your mind to something, like you you lock in and you go. Uh, but there was probably some touch and go moments there, maybe when like around 17, 18 for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I... Um... Having, having grown up um, from my early through mid-teens being under sort of immense like pressure and expectation with all these uh, musical executives and, you know, parents and, and, and managers and all that stuff, you are, it's very easy to want to rebel against it all. Yeah. You know, when you feel like it's all, you know, all eyes are on you and you're, you're on tour and every night you have to go up and play and you're touring with, you know, big artists and you're, you know, there's an expectation for your next album or single to do a certain 
number or whatever. It's like, it's very easy to want to rebel against all that. And that's, I kind of did that around 17, 18. Like I, I uh, left my, my record label and fired the manager I had at the time. And that wasn't necessarily because that was, you know, they were the wrong fit for me or whatever, but I, I felt like I was being kind of molded into something I didn't want to be and therefore had to kind of shed a skin, so to speak. And, you know, I definitely went through some, some uh, pretty intense, you know, periods of like just personal discovery and, and, you know, revolution almost. And um, that having to, having to, transition from a boy to a man in public with all these people around wanting me to do or be a certain way, you know, it's, it's quite heavy. And so I definitely went through some extreme periods of, of rebellion and you can, you can ask my mom and dad about it and, you know, other people that knew me during that time. But, um, you know, I think if I hadn't done that and hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have come out feeling in control of, my future I think I would have felt like I was still it was still being dictated to by other people you know yeah absolutely and just on that in terms of the the spotlight I know that Ian uh, Thorpe gave you some advice on in terms of um, ways to handle it you know now that you're coming into the athletic realm can you kind of share some of that a little bit with us yeah um he one of his first, um, one of his first uh, pieces of advice for me was to, you know, remain, you know, semi semi private in a way. Like, don't don't you know necessarily disclose um, everything it is you're doing or want to do or, or are trying to do because, you know, that pressure can become, you know, far too great and and almost squash the goal itself. You know. And I thought that was, I thought that was um, interesting. You know, it's like um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, or, you know, you see a lot of swimmers come out and be like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to break this world record today. I'm going to, you know, achieve this today. And, you know, I feel like Ian was always very like, he was kind of like that silent killer in a way, you know, you never really yeah. knew if he was going to, you know, what he was going to do in the pool. Yeah. Or what he was going to do ever for that matter. And, you know, that's part of what um, made his swimming so interesting to watch, I think. Yeah. Um, especially when he, you know, he'd go out, you know, and, and cruise with someone for 150 meters or 350 meters and then just, you know, destroy them in the last lap. You know, it's like mm -hmm. he always made it feel like, you know, I think I sent you once that, uh, that, that Marlon Brando analogy where he's talking about, never letting an audience know like you want wanting to stop that movement from the popcorn to the mouth kind of thing yeah. like let the audience know how it's going to come out you know he was mm -hmm. talking about some boxer how you think he was gonna hit you from the southwest but he, he always got you from the northeast when you least expected it kind of yeah um and i always felt like and marlon brando did that in acting in, in a creative field and i always thought ian thorpe was like that in swimming in a way it's like you never knew how it was going to come out mm -hmm. um, yeah but uh, but in terms of advice, he gave me. I trailed a little bit there, but in terms of advice, he's given me. He's um. It's it's more. It's funny. It's funny. He said he said to me, "If you stop playing music, I will yeah. stop. I will stop um, mentoring you as a swimmer." Yeah. And I always thought that was really funny. You know that that he. You know, he said that the minute you stop like playing guitar and, and and continuing playing music too, I will I will stop uh, mentoring you as an athlete because he's like you need that. It, as, even if it's just a cathartic release, you know, he's like you need something else in your life. He's like that's the one thing that I wish I had was you know something to remove me mentally and physically from from the sport. He said. Uh, that he may have even been greater if he had had that, you know what I mean? And I think mm. that's, you know, where the trouble with a lot of people in swimming or in, in um, elite sport um, have struggles with post post retirement or whatever is that they feel like they don't have anything to go to afterwards or some, or whatever. And, and, and so he, he just really encouraged making sure you live a very balanced life. Cause he said a balanced life will almost, 
improve your your swimming and keep you excited for your swimming yeah uh, anyway yeah yeah it was really good advice and i'm glad we've stuck to that i'm glad you've uh stuck yeah. to continue to make music yeah exactly and i i feel that way too i think if i had completely dropped it and wasn't still releasing tracks i wasn't still recording and um you know continuing my my career in some sense not putting a, a, a full stop to it you know like you've you've been in the studio with me of the last um you know here and there over the last couple of weeks and you know i still you know we we go to the pool and i'll have dropped a song and you'll be you know playing it before practice and stuff <laughs> and i just like i think that's such an important element especially because it's been such a huge part of my life it would be strange for me to just kind of press pause completely and i would probably feel you know too much pressure in that sense maybe a little claustrophobic it even you know like not having that that uh that release or that element in my life and that balance yeah what i love about you that i've learned over time too is that you don't put limits on what you can do you know like you're so multifaceted in terms of like you've done singing you play instruments you you act you've done broadway you you swim i mean it's almost endless in terms of i mean you write you wrote you wrote a a, a poetry book i mean you you've yeah. you've done so much and I'm, I'm probably excluding a lot of the things that you've done because you just don't put limits on yourself that's what i love about you at the age of 23 you're you kind of look at the world as a blank canvas and say i can do anything and a lot yeah. of humans, a lot of people don't think that way. A lot of humans are afraid to try something new. Uh, you know, we're afraid of failure, right? Yeah. You know, I think that's part of what inhibits people from achievement is that fear of, of failure, fear of embarrassment, fear of scrutiny, you know? And um, why have you never feared that? I think... I, I have and I do, you know, it's just that I, I have, I found ways to um, overcome that fear and kind of just do things, do things regardless. I think, I think part of it is that I've been so, so subject to public opinion for so long that I've almost become jaded to or numb to public or external opinion. And that you know that almost frees gives me the freedom to be able to do whatever it is i want you know i've read this i read this cool quote yesterday i think it was it was act as if you act as if you were unaware anyone was opposed to you in the first place you know <laughs> and and i really like that i can't remember who wrote it but uh, i read it yesterday and, and i really liked that it's like live your life as though you had no idea anyone was against what you're doing you know mm -hmm. what i mean and i really like I really like that. And I think, you know, being, being uninhibited and free in that sense and being, you know, unattached to the outcome of something can allow you to really just do it, do that thing in the moment and, you know, and do it for the love of doing it as opposed to what you might expect it to um, bring to your life or what the outcome might bring, what the success of the thing might bring, do it because you want to do the thing. And that's kind of your answer to people who might say you're stupid for even attempting swimming. At yeah, the yeah, exactly. Like, you know, anyone that might say, oh, you, you know, you'll never, you'll never achieve, you know, you'll never be fast enough. You'll never, you know, you took too many years off. You won't be able to come to, to be good enough. You know, that's not really for me what, what it's about. It's, it's the, it's the knowing that once I've felt like I've given myself a proper go and, trained you know as hard as i thought i could and given it enough years you know if 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 at the end of all of that i still haven't achieved anything in the sport i, I can at least live the rest of my life from how whatever age i'm at at the time i stopped swimming without the regret of not having tried you know and to me mm. that's that's like that that even to me would be my gold medal or my yep you know olympics or, or world record or whatever like that have being able to live from say 27 28 in four or five years from now and be like yeah i had to go at that you know i i can now live in peace knowing that like i had a proper crack and and if anything expanded myself physically and mentally and spiritually through through the you know the expansion that the training brings your just overall personal capacity for stress pressure 
experience, whatever that is, that's like, that to me is, is, is a win. And so that's kind of why I'm doing it. Which is why the exact reason why I attach myself to this project or this, this yeah. dream is that, you know, I was inspired by that. I'm not, I'm not inspired by, Hey, I want an Olymp I want to win an Olympic gold medal. I've already done that, you know, in, in my career uh, as a coach. And so it's like, I don't want to like, that doesn't grab me. You know, what grabs me is you saying to me, Hey, Brett, I'm at ground zero. I want to see how far I can get. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm going to give you everything I got. Yeah, exactly. And if that only means getting to like level four of, of, you know, metaphorically 10 yeah. level, yeah. then that's, that's, that's where I get. And that's, you know, that's what, uh, that to me, it's, it's, it's almost a, it's almost a, um, I was talking about this with, with Cameron McAvoy actually, like right after I went, I went to Rio and watched the swimming in Rio and I watched, um, you did? You never told me that. I've been with you for five months. It's the first time you tell me that. I went. I went and watched like two nights of swimming in Rio. Yeah, I was there for. I was there um, with my dad, sister. God. And uh, yeah, why well, didn't I tell you that? So never told me that. Wow. Um, <laughs> I was in. I was in Rio. I did like the. Um, I was there with like as an ambassador with. It was like Coca Cola and Australia and stuff. I did was part of the torture relay with my sister and stuff. It was cool, but um. But I watched another swimming there and Cameron and I were chatting a lot after that. And I was like, and I saw my old coach, Dennis there. Cottrell. Cottrell. Yeah. And, um, and you know, he, he had known ever since I stopped swimming that I wanted to eventually swim again. And he always believed in me um, as a young youngster there. And he, he had coached me young to, to a bunch of like national titles and things. And, and so he, he always believed in me as a swimmer and, and supported me as a musician almost more so which is nice and um and uh, i spoke to cameron after because cameron is a is an extremely intelligent guy yeah. and um obviously an, an exceptional swimmer mm -hmm. um and an extremely smart um guy and and, and is he a, a uh, basically is a rocket scientist pretty much you know I don't, what is it, it sounds like one anyway yeah physician he's um but he was we just had this long chat about like expanding like what's possible to do in one life and that's kind of where i'm at where i'm at with this is like if i can even achieve like some measure of of personal success in the sport that's just like another tick in my box and i want to i want to be able to expand the limits and and what people expect to be possible to achieve in, in one life you know what i mean because no, no one's ever like been successful in music and in athletics or in in just just two kind of seemingly polar fields mm -hmm. no one's really ever done that before and i think i think that's a little bit it's kind of weird that no one has you know yeah um, well what are the what are the uh things that are similar in the two in terms of music and performance and and athletics and performance are there similarities um, yeah, there's a few, I think there's a few correlating kind of, I'd call them like laws almost cause they, you know, they're things that everybody talks about having experienced at one point or another that's, that has, you know, achieved or done something great in, in one field or another. And that's that, um, it's that, uh, phenomenon of the flow state mm -hmm. where you, when you've done something great sometimes you don't even remember having done it um, because you were just in complete utter presence of, of moment of mind um, of spirit. Like everything seems to align for however long that may be that you're doing that act, whether it's, you know, you saying, you know, maybe some of your best friends you weren't, you weren't conscious of mm -hmm. or, or, or technically, you know, in your body for, you know, and, and, you know, swimmers and athletes in all sports have said that in their best performances, they typically weren't, they weren't in their, in their mind, really. They were just, they, they don't even know where they were. They were somewhere, they were somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and I found that in great musical performances too. Like one of my, I did a, a Broadway show last or two winters ago in New York and my best, um, something happened early on in the show. Like I forgot a prop 
or something and just kind of sent myself into fight or flight mode. I was almost in shock and just kind of blacked out for the rest of the show. And I don't really remember doing the rest of the show um, for some reason. I got off stage and the musical director comes over to me after and he's like, that was by far your best show. What happened? What did you do mm. differently? And I was like, I have no idea. Did I just do finish now? Like I, like, I didn't remember <laughs> anything. And, and to me, that's such a, such a, a curious like phenomenon because, you know, even when we're training or something, there'll be like a rep that we do that I do better than the other ones. And I don't really know. I don't remember doing it as much. I wasn't consciously in my body as much. And so I found that that law is um, apply, applicable to multiple things in swimming and music. I found, you know, like mm-hmm. getting to that flow state, getting out of your head. And then also something I was talking to you about last week or this week that um, many like slow growth stages blossom into quick bursts of, of, I guess you'd call it flow again too, or, or ease, you know, or grace or whatever that word may be, you know, these long drawn out stages of, of training and stress and putting your body under pressure and all that. Um, and finally something lead, clicks. Lead to this like quick burst of blossom or flourishing in, yeah. and, and click. And, you know, I found that in, practicing guitar too, like just these long drawn out hours of like, why can't I get this? Why can't I get this? And then all of a sudden uh, something clicks and you can play this riff super easily without having to think, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so I found, I found that to be true in, in music and in, in swimming so far. What about, there's been some challenging moments for you in the pool that maybe have, have shocked you a little bit. I've seen, I've seen some shock on your face a couple of times in the past few months where you're like, oh, oh shit, like I didn't, I didn't know this. What, what have you discovered in this process of, of becoming a, an athlete? Yeah, it's, um, it's been a really interesting journey, even the last five, six months training with you experiencing um new levels of uh, of pain for one mm. um yeah you don't you don't go through extreme pain musically do you but but athletically there's like physical pain yeah exactly you don't um yeah you don't typically ever feel like you're gonna die um on stage or in the studio so unless, unless you've taken the wrong thing but yeah yeah unless you've taken something <laughs> taken too much or something or whatever but um you know, it's a, it's a different, it's a completely different thing. And you can, you can go into it thinking that you're ready for it, but you're never really, you're never really prepared for that moment in, in a training session or something where you, you genuinely feel like you're going to die, you know, or that you just, you just can't keep going. And so, so it's been a, a, a lesson in, in, like I mentioned earlier, just that expansion of like personal capacity, like kind of doing things I didn't, think I'd possibly be able to do or attempting them one week and then failing three weeks, four weeks later, coming back and doing them. You know, that's, that's a really cool experience because you get to see progress firsthand. We had a little bit of fun and unexpectedness, our first workout together, actually, you want to let everyone in on what happened the first workout? Yeah. 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 Um, well, I remember that you've been giving me a few weeks of, of preliminary kind of workouts and stuff before you got to town and I was just kind of doing it on my own. And then, and then you got in the first day, the first session together and you, you gave me a pretty, you gave me a pretty tough set that day mm-hmm. Yeah, off the, off the bat. And you kind of, you, you cooked me, like you toasted me with that one. And then like, I kind of thought you were like, okay, cool. Like, warm down or whatever and then i thought i was done for the day and then you act so you want to you want to swim do you like you want to be a swimmer and i was like yeah and he's like you want to swim butterfly and he's like i'm like yeah and he's like okay 200 fly for time right now you're leaving on the top and it was you know it was the, the 47 or whatever it was you know i was like <laughs> um and he and you said you said you do this and it'll never hurt as much as it does tonight and yeah. you know that's um 
That's very true. You know, you were, you were completely right. And, uh, you know, if I don't think if I'd done that, I wouldn't have kind of set myself on this kind of path of doing things like that each week. You know, it's kind of like a domino effect, like do the first hard thing. Then the next hard thing is still hard, but slightly easier each time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, and that first hard thing. So yeah. that was a shock when you, you made me do that. I, I, I was, I went home and I was like, the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember if anyone's interested, it was, we went, you went 211 for a 200 fly short course yards at the end of practice unexpectedly <laughs> with about 20 seconds notice. I was like, that mindset cooked me so hard. Like I remember going up to the first 25 I was like, I couldn't even throw my arms over on that first 50. And I was like, how am I going to do 200 right now? And I just was so unfit. And, but, I, but, I, but I'm grateful you made me do that because, you know, we've been better ever since. So. Yeah, I mean, I said to you, that's the worst you'll ever be. I mean, 211, yeah. that's, the, that's the slowest yeah. you'll ever go for a session yeah. in. So we've only got better. And I think it was maybe about a month later where you, you did it again and you went 156. So it was like a, a yeah, huge, cool. huge yeah. leap forward. <laughs> yeah we've been making like leaps forward like that it seems every month so it's, it's been cool doing that yeah you know, one of the other things you've struggled with and, and had to come to terms with is this management of your breath too right in terms of like uh you know we, we've been doing short rest sets or sets on intervals and just figuring out how to manage your breath during extreme stress yeah exactly like it's been a, it's been a complete, it's been a real interesting phenomenon having to like completely rewire my brain almost of 10 years of living and breathing a certain way. And then now having to do things that, you know, I haven't done ever, you know, maybe once or twice as a young, young kid swimming, but you know, you don't train at the same level then as you do when you're, you know, in your twenties really, you know? Um, so yeah, it's like everything we, like you said yesterday, like we did some like 500, uh, 500 kick for time. And mm -hmm. someone at the pool was like, has he ever done have, what, what, you know, what time would you usually go? I was like, I don't know. You know, I've never done this before. And you're like, yeah, most things we're doing, he's never done before. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, everything's a first right now. Yeah. Every day we do something, it's kind of a first having done it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the, it's the having to deal with or, or, or figure out how to remain calm under that immense, immense pressure that, I, you know, has been a real learning experience, you know, and, and, and coming back to your breath and, and uh, remaining or figuring out how to find some level of, 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 of calmness in the chaos. You know, when you look at the thing and you have four seconds to, get your head together before you go again you know yeah it's not, it's not really something it's not something everyone wants to do and it's not something i necessarily want to do every day either you know but it you know you you go you're i always come back the next day for some reason <laughs> <laughs> you do you come back and you're on time i like that yeah. i appreciate that you're always on time no uh, the the other thing that we've obviously had to deal with during this time is that you, we're we're dealing with COVID, you know, we're dealing in a situation yeah. where we've kind of had to. We started training during lockdown. Yeah, in a in a country club pool. Yeah, uh, no lane line. I want no one lane line, no flags, and the pool was heated to about eighty five degrees. Yeah, and one end was like two and a half feet deep. In the middle of summer, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. conditions haven't really been ideal for us, have they? No, and they haven't, they haven't, um, they haven't ever since we started and they still aren't, you know, and, and I don't know when they will be is the, is the funny mm. part. So yeah. it's been a, a really interesting journey. We've been kicked out of pools, uh, you know, have to, having to have improvised and, and find random, you know, pools, do bungee swimming, like all kinds of things. And, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's not typical for, for any swimmer, let alone one coming back from having not swam in, in 10 years, having to kind of decide to start training again during, during COVID, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's made it all the more interesting. Like, I think you said the other day, you're like, I've been giving you these kind of sets in, you know, these absolute 
shit house pools that you know maybe maybe you're further along than i thought kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and we kind of got into a nice pool the other day in in pally and uh had you know lane lines and had, it was you know 10 feet deep it had a had blocks and the yeah. pool was crystal clear and the sun was shining it was like and then and then you you did something i was like oh well, maybe maybe you're a lot further along than i actually thought you know because we're yeah. doing some good stuff in this pool now yeah i was like i was like brett i can actually do like like underwater kicking i can like i can like push off and not scrape my knees on the bottom i think i might be might be doing all right <laughs> yeah. uh it's cool um so you know for for those that might be curious what do, what do you think the end game is here what what do you what are you headed towards? What am I headed towards? Um, I'd like to see, I'd, you know, I'd like to give myself a good, uh, a good, like, like I told you in the beginning, I said, I'd, I'd like to be great in four years time. Yeah. And, and you said, I can, I can do that and probably sooner. And, um, you know, I think that you and I, you know, we seem to kind of adjust and reevaluate every day that we're, we're, we're there you know, in training or wherever we are. And, um, but still, still that, you know, that goal remains true is that I'd love to be, love to be greater, as great as I can be in, in four years time, you know, yeah. and wherever that, wherever that is in four years, we'll, we'll, um, we'll see, but, you know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to see how far I can take it and see how far I can push myself. Well, mate, I've seen a lot of talent in my job and, and uh, also as, as a swimmer, I've seen a lot of talent and, and talent to me is kind of relative, like you, you need it for sure, but I, I don't know how you quantify it either. You know, obviously there's freak talents that come along where, you know, a couple of guys that we've talked about already, Ian Thorpe and Michael Phelps are kind of on the highest end of the spectrum in terms of talent. But generally when, you, when you're uh, talking talent, that's us 15 feet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean when you're talking talent it's it's hard to quantify but i know that you have talent and i know that you have work ethic you've shown it in your music and and you're not a look you're you're one of those guys that wants to be successful and and you turn up on time you give me 100 percent. i mean those things are just kind of imperative like you need you need to have those things if you want to be successful and and you translate what you've done in music really well to swimming the thing that we are lacking right now is experience and for those yeah. people that say oh he's not this and he's not that yeah we know that like we we need experience we're going to go to some meets and we're probably not going to be where we want to be we're probably going to learn some things um during the meets because we just haven't competed in 10 years you know so it's like yeah we've got to figure that out over time and that's going to be a process and and there's going to be people that uh, at that point might even want to throw stones but it's like where we know that we're we're in a point where experience matters and we need to get it you know totally and it's like it's yeah it's it's being prepared to be shit yeah for as long as you have to be shit for you know yeah Yep. And, and that's something I'm, I'm prepared to do. You know, it, it becomes very evident uh, on a journey like this that it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it, it, it becomes evident overnight that it doesn't happen overnight, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it's just being prepared to fail and being prepared to be, to be bad and to be, you know, to, 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 to bomb, you know, it's being prepared to not do well for as long as you, you have to not do well for, until you're good enough, you know? And, and, and that's just part of what a journey like this entails and, you know, something that you have to be prepared for. And, you know, that's why not a lot of people do it and not a lot of people necessarily would do it, especially after having, you know, for me having, I haven't competed since I was 13, you know? Um, but you know, it's just all part of the, it's all part of the fun, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't really intended to want to do a podcast with you for a while and I, and I hadn't even planned on it. We hadn't even talked about it really until last week, but it wasn't yeah, until yeah. I saw you down the line. Yeah. We were kind of just going to push it down and, you know, talk about it another time, but it wasn't until I saw you in the studio a couple of weeks ago and you were kind of, you're just commanding the studio. And, and I know that's hard for you to, see from the inside but from the outside looking in when i walked into the studio and there's music uh, producers there and there's musicians like you had full command of the studio and it reminded me of a swimmer that walks onto the pool deck and has command of the pool deck and then and then it hit me i was like oh yeah like he's got experience like in the studio you know it's not 
you, you know, I could tell that you could play guitar. I could tell that you could sing, but I, but I could see experience. Like I could see somebody that was very comfortable in their environment. And when I see you at the pool, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I see talent. I see hard work, but I also see a lack of experience. And it, and that's why I was like, we need to kind of talk about this story now because it's so, it's so important to share now. Like you're at the start of a journey and you have, and you have great perspective on that too. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I know that ex- confidence comes with experience and comes with having done a thing enough times to know what to expect. And, you know, in, in music and in these other realms, I have that. And in, in swimming, I, I just don't because I haven't, I haven't done it. We haven't raced. We haven't, you know, we've only been training for, for less than six months. And um, I know that that's something that comes with time and with, repetition and um and that's you know where where confidence comes from too i mean you know my first my first times in the studio i was never you know i was waiting to be told what to do and and you know didn't feel like i had the authority to command a room you know Mm -hmm. at that that time and and that just came with with age and and with having been in there enough um to feel like i was i was like worthy of, of that authority you know and and um you know, the same thing was with playing live shows, playing gigs, you know, it took me dozens and dozens, even, you know, hundreds of, of gigs to be able to go up there and confidently from the first song without shaking with being, you know, shaking with nerves. Um, and, uh, you know, now I can do that, but it took, it took years. So I know that, you know, the same is true in, in swimming and, you know, I just know that that's, that's going to be part of the process and part of the journey and, being prepared to fail and being prepared to be bad yeah you you can never be good if you're not prepared to be to be shitty first you know yeah well the other thing i love about you too is that you're a student you know like you're a student of your game and whatever game you're in and ever since you've taken on this swimming thing um you know you've been watching video you've been um you know reading books you've been talking to people i mean you're you're kind of just a sponge you're taking it all in and anybody that wants to be good at anything uh, I, I knew from the get-go the way that you were approaching it. I knew that oh, this this kid is going to be good eventually because he's just a, a sponge. He's taking it all in and he's learning. He's growing. He's asking the right questions. He's pushing himself the right way. And I didn't have to provoke you to do that. You were just doing it on your own, and that's how you become successful at something. Absolutely, you have to. You have to have the. You have to. Be, have the uh, the confidence to sacrifice your ego, especially in the beginning, you know, and and that's that's a hard thing to do, especially coming from, you know, having already been great or successful at one thing and going into another thing, feeling like you're starting from scratch and like you now have to like, you know, listen to people and take advice and mm. all these things that I I didn't really at, at this point have to do in in music and now having in swimming having to feel like I have to you know, ask for help and you know, all this stuff. It's like that with that comes a, a sacrifice of, of ego and pride. And, and that's something I had to do and still am doing, but uh, it was the, you know, it's the wanting to be better that, you know, allowed me to put all that aside and, and from the start, just try and take on as much as I can and like, you know, not be too proud to, to learn and to get better and, to not make those negotiations with myself or you or anyone else. Yeah. And just like, this is just part of it. This is what I have to do. Like, you know, suck it up kind of. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Is music competitive? Um, yeah, it, it, it is and can be. And I've, I've gone through periods as a musician in the music industry where I've been, forced to be competitive but i don't think the act of music is inherently competitive the way swimming is or the way athletics is because it's all opinion based right like your favorite song is not my favorite song nor is the next guy's favorite song and your favorite movie is not mine nor do i you know i may hate your favorite movie you know what i mean like Mm. it's all it's all opinion based and it's all um it's all on personal taste, right? Whereas, whereas in sport and in swimming, it's completely and utterly data and metrics and time. And 
the clock doesn't lie, right? Whereas in in music, it's um, it's completely opinion based, and so you have to sort of forego and and sacrifice that wanting to compete because you'll never win if you compete in music. Whereas in swimming, you have um, if you're fast, if you're the fastest, you're the fastest. If you're the best, you're the best. You know, and that and the clock will tell you that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think in in yeah, like I said, in music, you if you try to compete and if you try to stay at number one and if you try to constantly have a song at the top of the charts and all of that, you're you're almost sacrificing your creativity for. You know, the minute you start to put commercial, um, commercial taste or commercial concern over, you know, your own, the own, your own uh, uh, creative process, you, you start losing, you know, and you start, you start making, I've had this experience before where you just start kind of compromising and making stuff you didn't, you didn't want to make in the first place. Yeah. That's how it's different, I think. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah. Came in on a song. Go out on a song. Just dropped this one last week, right? Yeah, yeah, a little collab. What's this one called? Oh, forever. Oh. Yeah. I love playing this one in the car on the way to the pool. Good stuff, man. You got some good, great music out there, and hopefully, uh, we got some uh, great uh, swimming hits coming our way soon. You know, yeah. but, uh, yeah. a lot of work to do still. But uh, excited about the process, man. It's about the process. That's what that's what I'm excited about. I'm not I'm not thinking about outcomes. I'm thinking about processes, and uh, that they're the things that really excite me. Yeah, exactly. You know, at the start of a, a long journey, I think both you both you and I know how long that journey can take, and you know, it's fun to be to be at the, the beginning of something with you yeah cool man well i appreciate you doing this thanks for sharing a little bit today and uh we'll catch back in maybe another six months from now all right yeah sounds good all right see you bud in a couple hours yep be ready i got something good for you <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>